0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B I Double Z A For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can find me personally at Justin Bizarro again. That's B I And most importantly, you can listen to us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. I believe we're adding more and more syndications across the world every day, meaning more and more podcast platforms that you can listen to that um, that are more internationally accessible so that's pretty cool especially as our audience goes into like Palestine and Israel and cool places like that and I'm not here to argue that whoever's it's actually I've read on this Palestinians and Israelis are allowed to declare both the places theirs and the capitals and the cities there so I go with who's on the podcast and I am true to the entrepreneurs on the podcast. It's about me introducing them. That's why it's called Justin the Food Entrepreneur. So I just wanted to give that clarity. I'm not here to draw lines. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to spread kindness and and entrepreneurship and freedom and compassion and understanding and patience and love through food. And food entrepreneurism and the entrepreneurs that are out there are who's doing this. So. Just to answer some of those questions, that's, you know, why I do it and that's why I label it the way the, that I do. That's the way I present. I believe, like, it's not for me to say I haven't been around for 2,000 years. I don't know what's what. I know history. I know it's written by man. Okay, but what I do know is that I'm telling the story from the entrepreneur's point of view, and I'm representing them, and they align with the mission What that we're on here, which, again, is to create jobs, to fulfill the dreams of all of the people that we support by having a dream big enough to do it by trying to do good in the world, leave a large impact after we're gone. Like, that's all what's shared by the individuals and entrepreneurs that come on this podcast. So that answers that. Uh, I think I had one more question. Um that I wanted a quick answer. Um, why do I? Why so many episodes? If all some of these people are competitors with one another, I don't think that that's the way you should look at it. Honestly, it's an interesting question, but a food truck generally is not a competition with another food truck, even if they're in the same business. Like if that food truck breaks down, it might have to rely on another pizza food truck to fill the business. Maybe it's not the same. Maybe one's sourdough. Maybe one's not. But what I found is when people build industries together and focus on competing with their previous self, that's when greatness happens and industries are born. When they focus on competing with one another too much, they generally don't grow very fast. Look at Pat's, Cheese Steaks, and look at Geno's. They spent so much time competing with each other across the street. None of them grew up to be world domination, even though they're two of the most Mm -hmm. known brands on the planet. So like these are the things to focus on. And what I'm telling you is, is that if you focus on competing with someone else, you're gonna end up right where you are. So with that being said, (laughs) I'm very excited about this. I have Daniel Thomas from Beyond Gravy in Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing
1: great. How are you doing, Justin?
0: I'm doing very well. I've had the pleasure, just so the audience knows, I'm gonna tee this up a little more and I've already started talking, so I'm warmed up, is that I had the chance to come visit you guys twice uh, you guys were literally in the gulch, which is like a running distance for me uh, from where I am in Music Road. It's walking distance. I walked after I ate. I did not run because of the amount of food I ate. But I definitely ran there uh, the second day. And the first day, I walked to and from. And one is just how fast Nashville is growing the last five years since I really started paying attention to it. But two is how great the food is, the amount of people that are down there. Pindustry was the place you guys were parked. And I just... I don't spend enough time getting to know the entrepreneurs in their place of business just because we do a lot of things over the telephone and we're moving very fast and we're trying to get information out there. But one of the things that happens when I do that as I'm able to offer, like they're taking the time to be on the podcast and share their story, the least I can do is just help them or give them ideas or help push them in a direction or uncap their potential even more than we do on the episode. And so I'm trying to do more of that. And as I travel more, um, or as my schedule allows me to travel more, where I block more episodes together, record and block days, as they're called, and then have more free days to go out and visit people or go do quote-unquote reels or, or photographs with entrepreneurs or spend time eating their food or their business. That's I hope that there's more of this, and I'm not looking to make any money off it. I'm just like, really, this is something that I believe that we need to start spreading this and, and empowering everyone uh, from the same successes I've had in 24 years of putting food on table and of uh, people's table and and people's living dreams and you know what does that look like? What happens and what happens when it doesn't go well? How how do we look at that? And so that's what this podcast is about. So Daniel, thank you for entertaining me, having me, talking to me, being with you guys on um, I think it was Saturday and Sunday and Uh,
1: friday and saturday friday
0: and saturday i can't keep track of my days anymore guys i'm so sorry i record like seven days a week so it's like blurs thank you for that (laughs) friday and saturday and um oh yeah yesterday was sunday and um it was fantastic so let's start at the beginning like You guys have been working hard. We do prep questions. I send everyone prep questions to help them for the episode. I change them around quite a bit. Like every about six weeks, I come up with new ones, or I rotate the ones around or rephrase them just to keep everyone on their toes or so things don't get stagnant on the episodes. Yeah. So I know you've been working on it. So Daniel, the it's all yours. Um, And tell us your story. You and your wife, especially.
1: All right. So. Um my I've always loved biscuits and gravy. My dad would make it for us like uh, Christmas mornings. That was my favorite thing. Um anytime he would uh ask me to come over and help, you know, I would always jokingly, you know, tell him, okay, "I'll help, but you got to make me biscuits and gravy." <laughs> um so that was back in Oregon and we moved to Tennessee about 6 years ago. Um I was thinking we're in the south like I should find good biscuits and gravy everywhere and I spent a good two years like trying all the different restaurants around and some of them had really good biscuits but then the gravy was just you know average and some of them might have had really like decent gravy but just not up to what my dad had made so um, in July of 2019, he visited us and I cornered him and was like, all right, you got to teach me how to make this gravy because like, I'm just not finding anything that's satisfying my, my needs. Um, so he showed me how. Um, we tweaked it just slightly, made, our, made it our own, and uh, started making it for a, a group at our church uh, called Breakfast Blend and uh one of the one of the people there alberto he actually owns mission tacos it's a local food truck here in town uh in smyrna and uh, when he ate it he told he told me like this is restaurant quality this is really good and it it kind of planted a seed but i i I didn't really you know i didn't think i would ever own a restaurant like it, it was just kind of like oh that's kind of cool It would be kind of cool
0: um so it's i like can, uh i i don't think many people originally think that they want to go into the food business i don't know why it just doesn't i didn't think it either even though i
1: grew up in it go yeah. on daniel i love this oh no problem so um i i continued to make it for like the breakfast blend and other potlucks and i would make it for uh people in the at the office um you know, they, they loved it. There was one of the, the girls, Georgia, she, uh she hated biscuits and gravy. And she came in the first time I brought it. And she's like, that smells really good. Like I, I got to try it. And she tried it and she just flipped out. She, yeah, she loves it now, which that's, that's kind of the best compliment to take somebody that would have never eaten it to, you know, having them love it. Like that's,
0: that's a good feeling. <laughs> how'd you get here from Oregon? Like, how'd you, like, you guys, you you met your wife, I think you said, in California. You guys were in Oregon, and now you're here in Tennessee, and you're, like, having people try southern biscuits and gravy, even though you're from Washington. And I agree, it's some of the best, even better than we have in a lot of places here in the South, which everyone's going to be like, are you kidding me? My mother's had the rest of 200 years. No, it's that good. And so... Well, thank- let's like tell me about that a little bit how did you transition through life to end up in tennessee um you guys obviously did it together as a family and um and then let's hook back into people who are trying the uh gravy at work and okay. people are loving it at patlock
1: yeah um so we we both the my wife was born in uh prescott arizona um she moved to california when she was three i was born in uh, aberdeen washington I moved to California when I was three. Um, We ended up, we knew each other in high school, ended up dating and stuff shortly after I got out of high school. Um, Then we, uh, we had our son and she was pregnant with our daughter. We decided that we wanted to, wanted to change. So we, we had visited Washington and we just decided that the Bend Oregon area was really cool, and we moved there. And we essentially raised our kids there from you know being infants and toddlers up to you know teenagers and like young teenagers. And uh, we things were kind of getting stale, um, and we pulled out a map and we decided we're gonna we're gonna move. And we pulled out a map and closed her eyes and pointed and we landed on Tennessee (laughs) of all places. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm in a similar boat, I guess, technically like all of a sudden I'm in like three or four months in now in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm like, how did I end up here? It was literally like, almost like someone threw a dart at a map. Although I've always felt an energy and a draw to be here. I just didn't really understand, but I'm glad I am here and I love the people and I love the boom and food and you guys are representative of that. So Let's yes. go back to where we. I um, bookmarked you guys or bookmarked mm-hmm. your story, which was okay. So you've lived here for a while. You're, you've you got friends. you got friends at work. You guys are starting to travel around and go to events, especially since you have young kids. I got to imagine there's like school stuff and sports and whatever. So this is becoming something that you're schlepping around,
1: as the, uh, I would say, up in New York. Yeah. Yeah. So... So one of the one of the big events that that uh put it put me in the direction of getting to beyond gravy was uh um uh, we were working on paying off all our debt and I had a second job delivering pizzas and I delivered a pizza, went back to the was going back to the car, stepped in the hole, snapped my ankle and you know, it at the time it was like Pretty devastating because I had my main job. I couldn't do my main job anymore. I was you know, out in the field walking around, and and I'm like, well, I, man, like this isn't good. And it ended up uh, the company that I was working for, they gave me a, they liked me. They gave me a job working from home, which was cool. And then they liked the work I did, so they, while I was still laid up with my foot, they they asked me to. To train another estimator, and I was like, okay, cool. So I went into the office and was training him, and I kind of told him about the biscuits and gravy, and and uh, one of the ladies in the office had had it previously, and um, we, I went, ahead, I told him on Friday I'll go ahead and bring in some biscuits and gravy, and my the guy I was training, when he took the first bite, he said, dude this is not gravy this is beyond gravy and i it kind of sparked you know the like i guess that was like watering the seed some more i'm like because i told him i was like if i ever do anything you know with this biscuits and gravy I'm like you gave me the name and he's like that's cool just feed me <laughs> and so that's um, that's how the name was born because i broke my ankle like i, I would have does he come eat cost. the
0: does he come eat the sausage and gravy all the time or the biscuits and gravy
1: from you? So sadly, he hasn't got to try it yet. He uh he he kind of moved uh back to West Tennessee, so he hasn't been in the area.
0: Oh my gosh, so he like his purpose was served like God spoke through him. And then he's like out of town like and you've never had to feed him and he's never come back to be like feed me or give it to me like it's one of those weird things like the universe gave something and never expected anything in return or you paid it forward most likely is what I'm assuming because you worked really hard until your ankle happened and God's like hey um, you're not going in the direction I want you to go. I'm changing your trajectory and you can either sit on the couch and do nothing, which is not aligning your will with my will, or you can go do something with this and go in the direction. I want you to go in with your, you and your family, because ultimately this becomes a family trajectory change. Right. And so, and so what happens now, your ankle, you've, this guy sparked this idea in the head, in your head, in the head. And, um, (laughs) in uh, in a foreign country that might be in the bathroom so i gotta be careful and um and so what is what's like what do you do from here like because it's not like oh let's just start a business you know and let's just sling like sausage and gravy and biscuits like how do you start taking next steps because we're already going to do a two-part series so we have a lot of time Okay. I just want to really dive into like the details because it's an important part of your story and getting to know you and, and Rebecca and the way you guys do things, right? So Yes.
1: So the, the next thing that happened uh, in March of 2021, uh, I ended up going back and being an estimator because the I, I ended up being a regional estimation manager for the company and then they got rid of the position. And I had to go back and be an estimator again and uh down in dallas fort worth texas there was a a major freeze and a bunch of pipes broke and they needed more estimators down there and i have a uh, my cousin Alyssa lives uh just south of there in granberry and i was like i'll go that's cool and they put me up in the hotel and everything and i visited with the family and i was kind of telling them about it and she she was like you got to make me biscuits and gravy i love biscuits and gravy come on So I made it for her and everyone in the house was flipping out. They loved it. And I I think that's what that was like the final spark to push us to starting to create Beyond Gravy. So um, when I got back from that trip in May, we met with Alberto from Mission Tacos and he he mentored us and because he had done pop-ups and he was working towards uh getting his trailer so we figured that was a perfect person to talk to since he's already done the pop-ups so we got we got the advice from him he told us to you know create Can our you just logo. explain
0: to the audience what a pop-up is because i realized this um a couple of days ago when i was interviewing doing some interviews with palestine as well as some other countries that'll be releasing in january as well as in february it um Is that the rest of the world doesn't actually know what pop-ups are it's really weird like it's in a very american concept right now so could you explain that uh daniel
1: no problem so pop-up is we went to our local uh farmer's market and we have the pop-up like easy up tent and we had our tables and steam tray and uh, containers and all that and go there set up pop the tent up and start selling
0: and was this during COVID? Is
1: that, that a good explanation?
0: Was this during COVID?
1: It was, yeah. And uh, so,
0: I mean, let's let's just talk about this. So you have this idea. You're going to do this. You've set up, like, you go in, you set up your tent, your, like, outdoor restaurant set up or outdoor kitchen set up every day. Like, how do you get people to find you? How do you get people to know what you're doing? How do you get people to taste what, what you're producing?
1: So part of it was, as Alberto had uh, told, uh, suggested, was we, we created our logo, our branding, got our shirts, got a banner also, um, started the Facebook page, Instagram page to start, you know, getting the name out there. Um, And then, you know, other than that, it was just setting up at the market and letting the people come to us. Um, one of the one of the things we would do at the at the market there was a rounder and there's a train tracks going right by because it was at the Smyrna Far- uh, depot, which was the old train depot. So the trains right that's, there. That's and pretty cool. People would get stopped up in the rounder because the train would come through, and every time that happened, I would take an order of biscuits and gravy out, you know, in the bag and like, hey, you want some biscuits and gravy? And, you know, it sometimes the first person would take it. Sometimes I had to go to a couple cars, but you know, usually somebody took it. And one of the gentlemen that took it was the, the following weekend, we weren't there. We had to go out of town, something. I don't remember exactly, but uh, two weeks later, I'm sitting there and I, I see this dude. I didn't know it was him, but I see him and he just like was staring at us and like coming like straight for us. He looked determined. And he comes up and he's like, where were you guys last week? We're like, oh, we were out of town. And he's like, man, you gave me that order of biscuits and gravy in the in the rounder. Man, I've never had anything like that. That's like better than my grandma's. And I'm like, yeah. well, thank you. And he ended up buying like four orders and he came back every week following that. I agree with you. It's
0: the, and you make it from scratch, which I like. You also make your own biscuits. I think that that's important. Uh, yes, sir and I think that the pop-up now is like it's starting to get traction right people are recognizing that you have a premium product It's yes. definitely better than what else is out there or at least that's being served in Nashville for sure and there will be other people out there I hope I, I'm you know there's other high quality sausage gravies out there I just haven't seen it yet in Nashville and if you are out there I'm happy to come have you on the podcast and we can do an episode and talk about it. But that's my median on how I do things. And so, but right now, this is the best I've tried, like probably ever because like there's a creative way and almost a non-chef way you've looked at it in a traditional way and and the ingredients and the way you make it. And then your creativity seems to grow from there. So while it's a traditional item, there's new items always adding and we'll talk about that later or maybe even episode two um, as we go there. but. So now you're doing the farmer's market. Like, when someone beelines it to you and they are, like... They recognize that you weren't there. Like, okay, I do this, like... (laughs) Like someone showing up for you is no, like you need to pay attention to that. That's like God talking. When someone starts showing up and there's consistency and persistence in it, like as an entrepreneur, I don't care. Fine, don't believe it. Fine, believe in luck, believe in opportunity. That's opportunity, luck, however you want to look at it coming to you. Usually you've earned it or built a lifestyle or a character over time that's now in your food that, that produces that reaction that we forget about. But it's, um, it's that. So now you have this guy, he's beelining it to me. Like, I feel emotional about this, just hearing it, it, Daniel, because I'm like, I know from me when that happens, even if it's just one person, I'm like, all right, one person sees it. One person yeah. gets it. No one else has got all the freaking 5,000 people who didn't get it, but that one person does. And that's yeah. a niche. I need to listen to that guy. Why did he get it? And what is he doing? Why does he keep coming back? And you're like, okay, he's going to be the guy that he's a customer. He's not me. It's not me being my own customer anymore. It's that guy and why does he yeah. love it? And that's so cool. So what did that feel like, honestly?
1: Um, I, It felt really good. And honestly, when he told me that he hadn't had biscuits and gravy that good since his grandma died, like, I, I you know, kind of teared up a little bit. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I got a little teared up too. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's powerful. Imagine that. You just – I tied such an emotional experience to the food for him. And you weren't even his grandma. You weren't even in there in the first place.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, pretty incredible. Pretty crazy.
0: So where do you go from here? Like what happens now? Now you're like, okay, this guy likes it. He knows I wasn't there. We're starting to build a reputation and there's multiple people starting to like what we're doing here. So what do you, how do you guys move forward?
1: Uh, Just, for the rest of the summer, it was really just being consistent and being there as much as we can and, and just serving. Like, we were selling out. We sold out 90% of the time we were at the market. There was just only a handful of times where we didn't sell out, and we were really close. So it was it was really encouraging to, uh, I mean, I, it was just encouraging. It's like, well, we got something that people like.
0: Well, and I mean, I'm assuming at this point, since it's all summer long, you're also starting to get repeat customers and customer loyalty and even feedback from customers. Would, yes, I mean, sir. And um, like, I don't know, but I would say that you're probably starting to build an actual relationship with them because you're starting to see them. They're starting to be a core. It's not just one person now. It's a core group of customers that believe in what you're doing, that like the product, that like you and Rebecca as humans and believe in what you're doing. So, okay, we know that you're now in a food trailer, and it's freaking awesome, and I love that you chose a trailer. And I love that you kept it simple. So how do you go from, okay, we're in a farmer's market, we're a pop-up, let's make the leap, thank God not to all the way to a brick and mortar, because that would just be, that's too big of a leap for anyone at this point, when there is simple baby steps we can take. And so there's, like, how do you make the leap into a food truck? And you've already taken all the proper steps. Like, it's just, if I could write a way of doing it, like, you guys are like, okay, let's do it this way. Pop up and take our way into it, and let's make sure the product is liked by everyone. And first, you had friends and family like it, so you had, you know, that validation. And so you're here. You've been really validated by the public, not just friends and family. How do you decide yeah. to get into a food trailer?
1: Um. So in the spring let's see let's see here sorry i'm looking at my timeline make sure i got everything straight it's all good i'm a factual
0: (laughs) person too especially historically
1: um so one of the things that happened during the farmer's market my wife we go to church we're 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 active in our church and um we our pastor had had uh tried it and I'm sitting there in church, and we're just listening to the sermon. And all of a sudden, he's like, "And uh, what was it?" He said, "What if I tell you that Daniel Thomas has the best biscuits and gravy in the South?" You know, and of course, everyone's like, "Oh, you because know, you know that's a big claim.
0: Yeah, that's like the number one coffee shop in the world. If anyone's ever seen Elf, he's like the number one coffee place. But go on.
1: <laughs> so. My, my wife, the night before, had prayed and was asking, like, show me something. Let me know that this is the direction we want to go. And we go to church the next day. And this, you know, he's saying all this stuff about being the best biscuits and gravy. So that was kind of a confirmation that we were on the right track. And I want to tie okay.
0: this to um, this as well. Daniel, for the audience, is... We are constantly preparing for what it is that whatever's going to bring us excellence or family excellence or contribute to the world in the maximum way we can for the better, for positive, positive. And like your life and you and Rebecca's lives and the way you guys sort of went across the world and ended up in Nashville and then started to build this and your family's involved, which we'll get into later. It's like, And then to have literally it happen in church. like This is where God prepares us for these opportunities, and then he makes total transformations and trajectory changes. As entrepreneurs especially, because for some reason we're able to handle it as part of our plan that most people aren't, and align our will in that way. And to his will, or God's will, her will, its will however it looks the energies will whatever anyone wants to call it but it's true and so for me god as the energy that all things are energy and that's that's the way it is so i respect how everything works and i have a relationship with that is that this is like okay now i've been i've seen the the humans i have this thing You guys are still so humble at this point. Like still you're some of the most humble people I've ever met. And even with this sort of like I don't know, like you've been like (laughs) like crowned king in the church almost, like literally the best in the South. Like that's like a big claim to be have bestowed upon you in the church of God, of any church of God. And so or any godly place. And so like and you're still so humble. So You're validated, I would say, would be a good term. You're validated. Your business has been validated. What do you do now?
1: So uh, early spring of 2022, we received information from the farmer's market that regulations for food uh, vendors at the market was changed to where you can't take, like, we couldn't do the pop-up and take the... The gravy from the steam tray and put it into a container. We, it, everything would have to be prepackaged, which, I mean, you can't prepackage warm, fresh biscuits and gravy. So it kind of pushed us to, uh, like, we had Wait, somewhat. So, considered- can
0: we go back for a second just because I yeah. am so confused? And we talked about this a little bit the other day when I was at your food trailer, but I think maybe I didn't even understand then. So, But maybe I do, like just because it's so illogical. I don't think I'm grasping it, like what you said for some reason. Are you saying that at a farmer's market, they're not allowing you to take to go food or to go package unless it's like in a sealed package, like which means it's not hot, most likely, right? Is that what we're saying?
1: Yeah, the only way you can is if you have a a food truck, food trailer.
0: Ah, okay, I understand. So they're saying that they're running to up their level of standards, and they're like, w- "You guys no longer count, even though you've been with us for eight years or eight months or whatever. It's been six yeah. months, yeah, whatever." Yep. Okay, go on. Yep. I just so I under yep. I understand. They basically just created a gate, and then the gate just forced people to go down a different corral, versus just saying. We don't allow this and we don't we're not going to allow food vendors other than consumer packaged goods and food trucks will be the only food we allow to be direct to consumer, basically eaten um, warm. I mean, I mean, to just put an obstacle in the way, I get it, but it's just unnecessary to put the gate there when you can simply explain to people we have to go in this direction, which I get now. But it yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me why they would put a gate there when it's unnecessary when it's really just okay, the food code changed. Yeah. So um, cool, I guess, but just red tape that's <laughs> unnecessary more more or less. And Which, so, there's a
1: lot of that in
0: the food truck industry. Oh, you have no idea. And it's the Wild West, just so everyone knows, especially in the United States, even though we, food trucks have arguably been really around for 20 years and pushing really hard. And you go back to roach coaches and original food trucks and like forever. And um, I say roach coaches, meaning like everyone used to make fun of them because they'd go around and sell cheap food or they'd sell the cafeteria food out of the trucks to the construction sites or whatever, but... Yep, I Look, was
1: at the construction sites.
0: They paved the whole industry, guys. <laughs> By being the way that they were, they paved the whole industry. And it takes that longevity before something can be built onto it. And whether we realize it or not, it really did build an acceptance that eventually, you know, those parents had kids. And those kids became accepting of food and trucks because their parents ate off them. And even though they were higher educated than their parents because of the American Dream and compounding that legacy... They were still more accepting of food trucks, especially as we became more um, advanced in the food that came out of them. So,
1: it's yes. just something to think
0: about.
1: Um, so, having that, uh, you know, getting the news that we weren't going to be able to do the pop-ups anymore was, you know, in a way, it was kind of deflating. Like, dang, we had all this traction and we had all these people loving it, and like, did you once think do? about
0: giving up, ever? <sighs>
1: Not, not fully. But I mean, you know, the thought kind. Of, it's like, well, what are we supposed to do? Because we, our plan initially was to just save and buy the trailer cash. We didn't yeah. want to finance. We were yeah. trying to get out of debt. Not yeah, <laughs> I agree with you on this. Go so, on. So we met with Alberto again because he had his trailer at this point, and he he did the one the year we did the pop up. It was his first year in the trailer, so. Like, he, he was blazing the trail for us, and, you know, we met with him. Um, we talked about, the you know, the company he got it from, um, like, different pricings at different companies, and we pulled the trigger. We were like, well, if we want to do this, then, like, we have to, and we did it. And that's how we ended up getting the trailer. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't on our timing.
0: <laughs> it never is that's what I found there's there's no other plan but the one that you align with and your plan just has to align and you need to play chess and not checkers like that's a, just a rule of thumb because the long term like whatever you're doing aim for the long term growth and benefit of your family and your relationship with God and then your business reflects all of that and I think that you're a model of this so you get into the food truck trailer you're like we're going to go do this so like how does the conversation go like now you're really committed to doing this full time and how do you figure out whether you want a truck or a trailer? How do you guys start having the conversation you and Rebecca around this? Like we're going to do this. What do we need in the trailer? Like you're at your first time ever being in food. Now it's your first time ever being on a mobile restaurant, uh, not just a pop-up. So what do these conversations look like and how do you decide how to outfit this trailer?
1: So, the main reason we went with the trailer as opposed to the truck, uh, two two main reasons. One would be cost. the The trailers are uh, a lot less expensive because you don't have to have you know you don't have to buy the truck and then outfit it. You just get the trailer and that's it. And another bonus of it is if our if the truck that we tow it with is to break down, we can go down and rent something, and we can still do what we need to do in the trailer as opposed to if you have the food truck something happens you're just down and we didn't want to have that happen
0: yeah and then how would you outfit it would you decide on the equipment i agree with you 100 percent honestly i've always done trailers like the trucks can go in and out you can rent them and you want to be mobile if you need to run to the store or something and uh yeah. If you're smart, eventually, a lot of people eventually get reefer trucks to pull their trailers, and then they have extra refrigeration to then not run out of food anymore. Just saying, guys. And um, just dropping hints there. And so mm-hmm. it actually will triple your capacity um, because yeah. what holds on a food small food truck or even a thing that goes on the back of a Ford F-250 or 350 or above, um, yeah. your extra capacity is significant and so that's one of the cool things i like about it like your capacity in the trailer like you can grow in it but you can also you're towing something that then can allow you to potentially carry more frozen more fresh more whatever more refrigerated uh as time goes on so you can keep the capacity going and not run out of food if that popularity or those events start presenting themselves or caterings or whatever so that's pretty cool how did you come up with the menus like Let's talk about menu development. Let's talk about like what happens, like as you're starting to outfit it with the equipment, like how do you decide what menu you're going to use? Because now it's more than just sausage and bis- uh, sausage gravy and biscuits, right? You're trying to actually build a mobile restaurant for lack of a better term.
1: It's bacon and sausage gravy too
0: oh bacon and sausage gravy. yeah
1: don't because everything's better with bacon
0: fat right (laughs) yeah that's true everything is better with bacon fat that is is (laughs) the company that produces all these and so uh bacon is makes everything better so i think that's an important note actually because it is one of the ingredients that i did notice in there there's others and i'm not going to talk about them but that makes it significantly different to the flavor profile that I love um, about your um, gravy. So anyway, the menu.
1: All right. So yeah, we we did our first uh, couple weeks of farmers markets in the truck with just the biscuits and gravy, and uh, we did. We were doing pretty good. Um, and Alberto was he was hounding us. He's like, "When are you gonna expand your menu? You need more menu items." So we we met up with him and did like a menu building uh, session, and we came up with doing the the breakfast sandwich with you know our bit, our biscuit split in half, uh, an egg bake it's like a square with the eggs and cheese and everything on there, and then we had a, a sausage link and split it and put it on there, and that was our breakfast sandwich, and the the our sales almost doubled that next week when we introduced the breakfast sandwich and we didn't even sell that many breakfast sandwiches but our sales jumped just because we had two items so then the the market director uh jenny she she was like i would love it if you guys would make me a bird's nest and we're like what's a bird's nest and she explained it as hash browns with with uh like chicken and then eggs and then the gravy on it so we did our take on it and that's how we came up with the pig pen which has the has tater tots it has chunks of the sausage it has eggs in it um then a a biscuit broke across on the top of it and then smothered with gravy so that's uh that's one of our are big hits. People love that because it is a lot of food.
0: Yeah, it's like a haystack. What I was talking about earlier, almost uh, with the. Uh, I think actually, is it hash browns? I can never tell the difference. Like I, like there's so many different versions. There's like hash browns. There's like tater tots. There's like tater tots in different sizes, and then you yeah. know, and then there's like the big hash brown like McDonald's does. So it's like that. It's a very broad category, actually. Honestly, now that I think about it, and. Yeah. So I like this. At this point, you, you're you developing a menu. You've got this down. So now the market, the farmer's market is your main base, but now you're mobile and you have to pay for a trailer. It's not just something you bought outright because you saved the money most likely and or maybe you did. And But now you have to go to work. So how do you go about getting gigs?
1: Um, One of the... One of the things, there was a, a local brewery. I just went, I just, I was in the construction industry. I'm good with talking with people one-on-one. So I just went to a couple of the local breweries in Murfreesboro and talked with them. And one of the breweries said, we'd love to have you, but you got to sign up through a, a Street Food Finder. So we, we got signed up with them and we get quite a few uh, events through them. And that's that's how we uh, are at Penn's mechanical. You have to book it uh, there as well. Um, So that that definitely helped uh, just get our name out there. That way people if somebody's looking up food trucks near Nashville that their site comes up and luckily they have the vendors listed in alphabetical order and we're beyond gravy. So we're, you know, right at the top of the list.
0: Perfect. And I'm going to stop us right there just so we can go. Um, We're going to record a part two, and I want to give us time to do that. But let's back up for a second. Can you tell us, uh, Daniel, where they can find you guys online, where you're on social media? And, again, will you just run through your entire current menu of the items that are on there, Um, at least the four um, I saw the other day for sure, and just tell us what they are as we close out this episode because I want to tee up the next episode But I want to leave it with those four items and then where they can find you guys on social media and online.
1: Okay, yeah. The four items we have on the menu are the biscuits and gravy, um, our pig pen, which I was just talking about, and then uh, the breakfast sandwich, and then my personal favorite, the pig rolls, which the the pig rolls are ground sausage, ground bacon, cheese, seasoning uh, wrapped up in a flour tortilla and then we air fry it and serve it with a side of gravy
0: incredible and where can they find you online
1: uh so you can all of our information would be at at beyondgravy.com and then of course we have uh you can find us on facebook at beyond gravy and then instagram at beyond underscore gravy
0: very cool. And thank you Daniel. Thank you to the audience for listening in. I really again, I can't appreciate like how kind you and Rebecca are and and we'll talk about it again during the next episode, but it's just been so nice to find this here um and find food entrepreneurs like you guys in this space and so close to me like and so easy to converse with where like we're having real conversations and talking about real differences that are being made and things about being an entrepreneur and it's just so fun. And so I love that. Uh, the other part I want to share with the audience is, it's you. You don't know what's going on. Like, there's if something seems to be attracting you, and you think you should do it, or or people are saying they want more of it, you should probably start paying attention to it because. That, th- that little thing right there is telling you who you should be, or maybe it's a stepping stone on who you eventually will be, or the person you're pursuing to be in the long run, which we, we don't know, you know. Ultimately, I think part of being at the end is we get to meet the person we were supposed to be you know, like, did we live up to that? Did we live up to that purity? You know, were we truly pursuing good and being a good person and being a good human, being a good business person and being authentic and ethical and and having some morality and core values? And I think that that's really that's my personal point of view i'm not pushing that on anyone that's just how it's framed in my brain that works for me where i am the best human possible and i pollinate the world around me with positivity for for future generations long after i'm gone that's what i'm trying to do or at least where i find my purpose and so i thank you daniel that's one um, I like that God has come into your story so much. It's the same for me always, especially when I need him to, a trajectory change or, or realizing that why am I on this awful path? What is going on right now? But I always realize that you never know when you're having a good day. And these things are skills that you're stacking up or obstacles that you're learning to deal with or hardships you're learning to mentally conquer, um, if not physically or spiritually that you need for something else in life. And I think life prepared you for we're, we're going to talk about in the next episode. But I just wanted to leave everyone with that, with my commentary. Um, if you like what you hear, share the episode, please guys, like you, you love all these entrepreneurs, like you should give them a five star on here. And I'm going to keep telling all the entrepreneurs when they recommend their episode, they should recommend that people highly rank their episode so more people hear it, so it plays into the algorithms that are out there. Okay, it's not just for me or for the podcast to do well. It's really about the future and more people hearing it and making impact and influence not only now, but years from now by people being able to listen back, if not centuries, hopefully by someone being influenced or a family legacy being influenced. But it's about these entrepreneurs are taking their time, they're sharing their story. So you, so the audience are US entrepreneurs or food entrepreneurs in particular, food, beverage, nutrition entrepreneurs that are in this space or we're even getting the food equipment and restaurant supplies because I'm trying to capture all of the food space and restaurant and, and explain to the audience it, it in its entirety is that opportunity is there you you know, you have to walk through those those doors and these this is part of what it is and I'm trying to grow everyone and show everyone what's there and give people positivity and also show that there's connections and growth and when you follow a path like Daniel and Rebecca did, there's greatness on the way. To pursuing excellence and happiness and purpose and weirdly the most satisfying moments aren't always when you're making money it's when you discover a haystack or a pig pen like those are gratifying moments they're number they're one of the number one sales items they have that's why it's one of the four in a food truck you just sell the stuff that works especially when you're needing to go places especially in the downward markets or trends that happen like in nashville where you know everyone flies away from (laughs) nashville including tourism for like two months weirdly and so you think everyone would come here because it's so cheap now's the time to come to nashville guys right now winter time you can have all the musicians in the honky-tonk to yourself you have like a live concert all by yourself everywhere you go and all the food no lines no lines at the food truck go enjoy it because when it gets busy it is not this way even close so that's my plug Thank you, everyone. You can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow us through podcasts. And thank you, Daniel, very much. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Justin. We're out.
1: Yeah, yeah.